Hello and welcome. I'm Daryl. And I'm Justin. This is the podcast, What's Your Game? by GameSwap Shop UK. We've created this podcast to get to know the members behind the amazing GSS UK community by asking them 10 questions about their gaming past, present and future. And today's guest is Mike Tyson. Mike has a great guest, some great answers, very controversial answers, especially to one of the questions. And uh, I think it went really well. Yeah, he was an amazing guest. Uh, and uh, yeah, really hope that the uh, listeners uh, enjoy listening just as much as we had him on. Uh, so here we go. Without any further ado, uh, Mike Tyson. Hi, Mike. You're right. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining. How are you? Oh, I'm awesome, dude. Thank you for having me. No, it's, uh, you're very welcome. Yeah, so I'm uh, Daryl and with me is uh, Justin, hopefully. Is he there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here, hopefully. Yeah, brilliant. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. That. Uh, yeah, yeah, so as I said, it's um, brilliant having you on. Uh, just like to um, tell it, um, tell us and everyone just a little bit about yourself, like um, who you are, where you're from, like uh, what you do. Okay, yeah, I'm, uh, so my name's Mike, uh, Mike Tyson, not the one you probably expect, uh, but unfortunately that was the name my parents gave me. Um, I am, I'm from the, well, I'm not from here, but I live in the uh, sunny city of Sheffield, uh, South Yorkshire. Uh, I'm one of the hosts of the Factory Sealed Retro Gaming uh, podcast, and uh, I'm a member of the GameStop Shop group. And then your, your podcast as well, of course, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, what's it called again, and where can everyone listen? Oh, awesome. Yeah. So we are, it is, well, we've actually got two shows now under kind of the same umbrella. We are the Factory Sealed Retro Gaming Podcast. And we also have Factory Sealed SideQuest now, which is, focuses more on kind of modern stuff. But uh, kind of the, the idea of it is a group of friends get together, chat about video games. It's not always completely gamely focused. So you get a lot of our personal lives. It's kind of comedy based and stuff like that. We're a bit like Marmite. People seem to either love us or hate us, whether we, you know, because we don't necessarily concentrate on the gaming stuff all the time. But, um, but yeah, you can find us on all good podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff here we're just basically uh me and justin want to get to know uh the members of um gss uk um a bit more really and we thought you know what better way than having a chat with um a load of them and especially when it comes to all things gaming so we can try and um sort of uh find out everyone's um uh um, likes and dislikes basically so right question one is what is your first gaming memory so my first game of memory, I, I don't know how we ended up with it, because I wouldn't say we were necessarily a console family or anything, but we had the, the Sega Mega Drive um, growing up. And my earliest memories were either Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse or uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, I was a bit young and found Sonic the Hedgehog quite difficult. So I always have memories of one of my older brothers um, always cracking on with Sonic the Hedgehog and you know, marveling him getting to scrap brain zone and then watching him actually get to that final boss where, you know, Robotnik can crush you with those those four pillars that he's got and, and you know, that really terrifying music for a child at the time that there's that, that the boss music of, of Robotnik on that game. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it was probably that. And it's, it's, it's really funny because like, <laughs> you know, you play Sonic the Hedgehog now, you can, you can breeze through it in like an hour, but as a kid, man, that game seemed difficult. It's a high caliber of game too. It's not, yeah, it's not exactly. an easy one. It's a, yeah. I mean, going Smash to the other one, Castle... yeah, exactly. Going, going as well. The other one, Castle of Illusion with Mickey Mouse. Like, I, I, I was wanting to finish that as a child. I just couldn't do it. And I remember we actually um, we did that on the retro show uh, a couple of years back, I think it was. Um, so you know, we play a game for the show and discuss it. That's the whole idea of the retro side of it. And we did Castle of Illusion, and we did the sequel at the same time. So we knew they were fairly short games. And one of the other guys on the podcast, Dan, he. Um, he started playing it before the rest of us. And he, he sent us a message in the WhatsApp chat saying, you know, oh, I've started Castle of Illusion. Half an hour later, he's like, beating it. And we were like, bullshit. <laughs> we all jumped on and like, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, all of us, boom, done. Oh. There you go. Did, did, did you remember it all from when you were young? Just boss. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd never got to the last boss before. So that, that, was, good. that was good to have. But um, yeah, the, it, instantly the memories came back. I mean, you know, you can say, you can look back at retro games with uh, rose-tinted glasses sometimes. And, you know, for Definitely. me, that was... I mean, it's not exactly the greatest platformer in the world. I mean, put it up against, like, Sonic the Hedgehog, like we've just been speaking about. And, and it's, it, it, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it, it's serviceable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well... No, good. It, good answer. Yeah. yeah. It was good yeah. enough to get a PS3 remake, which was actually pretty good. So, 
Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, there's a remake of the PS3, yeah, on PSN. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Right, yeah, so we'll go on to the next question. Justin, shall I hand it right, over yeah, to you? Right, yeah, next question. Uh, what, what was your best or favourite multiplayer game growing up with uh, friends or family? So when I was much younger, um, <laughs> you know, see a bit of a theme here, I think that the multiplayer game we probably played the most was probably Sonic 2, because uh, obviously we eventually got that from loving Sonic the Hedgehog so much. And, you know, whether that was the competitive stages with my brother, who was, you know, the one before, who was great at Sonic 1, or even just him playing the main campaign and me playing as Tails. I mean, playing as Tails in that game is the ultimate little brother game, I guess, a little brother or sister game, um, you know, where essentially you, you kind of don't really have any impact. You can't lose any lives for them, but you can be helpful where you want to. And I think it was probably that. Or, you know, I you know, I started getting into gaming a little bit more than the rest of my family. And I think probably in my teenage years, because i um, big wrestling fan. Um, so, you know, it was... The SmackDown games, you know, from the PS1 through to the PS2, like me and a few buddies, we, we would play that so much. And, you know, whether that was versus each other or we'd create our own wrestlers and we'd go through and just create our own storylines and fight each other yeah. for the titles and stuff like that. So it would be those two things for sure. Oh, nice. yeah. 100, 100%. Great. Uh, Great times really... wrestling games. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, me and Justin, we played a lot growing up. Like, yeah, it's, well, SmackDown on the PS2 for a start. That was a game changer. SmackDown versus Raw, all of those. Versus Raw, yeah. And just with it, like, like the TLC matches, when you could have, like, you know, TLC. <laughs> Royal with, Rumbles. Like, yeah, Royal Rumbles. Oh, God. Really good. I just times. like doing I, the, uh, <laughs> talk about intro music. Who had the best introduction? Yeah. That's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> so true. But, like, I mean, the, 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 the TLC matches, I remember, uh, you know, Bit naughty, naughty. I had a chips PS1 back in the day. Uh, wink, wink. And uh, we used, used to have a buddy who used to, you know, sell copy, sell copy games. And he, he managed to get like an early, for some, random, for some random reason, he had an early build of SmackDown 2. I have no idea why. It wasn't the full game. It wasn't a demo, but it wasn't a full game. Um, and, you know, it only had like so many uh, months worth of season mode and some of the characters you can get and all sorts. And, and I remember the first one of Africa because he, he gave we all bought a copy of. I think we paid him like two or three quid each for a disc, and he gave us a copy of this. And it worked to my PS One. And he, uh, the first guy to unlock the TLC because the TLC mode was the only match mode that was still question mark. And he came to school and he was like, "Oh, it's TLC mode. Honestly, it's TLC mode." We were like, "Bullshit! No way! No way is it TLC mode? The ladder match is already there. It has to be something different." You know, there's all these rumors of like, "Oh, it's a it's a casket match. It's an inferno match." And no, it was a TLC. And and, and you know. Going from there, I mean, let's not talk about those load times on SmackDown 2, but, uh, you know, the rest of the game was always <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, 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 oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Oh, that's a great answer. Uh, right, so uh, question three is, in your opinion, what is the most underrated video game? So this question and one a little bit later on, I took a few liberties with, um, because I, I'm not sure I could name the most underrated game of all time. So I kind of looked at this question and went, What's a recent game I think is underrated? And it's going to be quite funny because if you actually look at like the Metacritic and stuff like that, this game has got very, very high scores, but I think it's very underplayed. I think a lot of people ignored it. And that's a game called Hellblade Senua's Saga, which is on PC, uh, Xbox One, PS4. Um, although I think it, it just got an Xbox Series X upgrade, which uh, I'm going to be looking at because apparently it has ray tracing and, and all sorts, you know, all the, all the fancy stuff that you get from the current gen consoles. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a third person. Um, it's kind of like an action puzzler game. You, you play as um, this eighth century picked warrior who is suffering from psychosis, and she's on a quest to save like a long lost love um, through like uh, Norse hell, basically. But the wonderful thing about this game, I mean, I'm, I'm a big proponent for. Um, speaking about mental health and, and things like that, you know, I said about on the podcast, we, we talk about our personal lives as well, and I've been very open about my mental health and stuff on there. And yeah. the entire kind of hook of the game is that she's dealing with psychosis and voices in her head and, um, you know, hallucinations and stuff like that. And it, 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 it's a fantastic game in terms of like, it recommends you at the beginning to play with headphones. And I, I played a little bit of headphones, but because my wife watched a lot of it, she, she really enjoys watching me play games. I have a fairly decent sound set, a decent sound bar and bass, bass sub and all that in my living room. But the voices in the head, are, not only did it add such a um, atmosphere and everything to the game, and it's so haunting, but they used as like a mechanic in to guide you in the right way. So like, 
there'll be instances where you're going in the wrong direction and like the voices in the head and you, if you had headphones on or a decent sound set, you can hear them coming from all sides. And, you know, it's like her own voice sort of going, ha ha, she's going the wrong way. Oh, she's lost. Ah, ha ha, she doesn't know what she's doing. And it's filling her with all this doubt and stuff like that. And you look into like how they made the game and, you know, they, they look, they actually looked at chari- mental health charities. They uh, worked at the University of Cambridge to look at how like psychosis actually affects people. And it actually won some funding from some uh, mental health agencies and stuff like that because of the things that it did for mental health awareness and the things it did for psychosis. And that they spoke to actual sufferers of psychosis and people have voices in their head who said, you know, this is a really amazing depiction of this this that we suffer from or have to live with, so to speak. And, you know, the stigma and isolation and mistreatment that comes along with it. And, you know, as the game goes through, you, you, you kind of look at it. The things that she suffers from isn't necessarily the mental health issues herself. It's the stigma and the banishment from her family because of where this time is based and everything. And I think it's just such an underplayed game. Oh, yeah, well, first I've heard of it. <laughs> Of it, and and honestly, uh, I mean, I could have listened to you uh, talk about that for for forever. It a- absolutely sounds like <laughs> a, an astonishing game. It, it, I mean, it sounds like an absolutely amazing game. Uh, and and sorry, it was called Hellblade. What? Sorry, Senua's Sac- Sacrifice is the name of the character. Senua, S E N U A. Okay, brilliant. And uh, yeah, and it, and it was played- it was. I I originally played it on PS. Uh, well, I played it on PS Five, but it didn't have a PS Five upgrade. Um, but the um, it, the, the developers Ninja Theory they're now owned by Xbox so it's, it's unfortunately the sequel is going to be Xbox exclusive I think so unfortunately the sequel is not going to be on PS5 but uh, just checking out the original is it, I recommend it so much amazing yeah that's made it on my list I think <laughs> it's very simple combat yeah. it's fairly simple combat and you know it's fairly simplistic puzzles and stuff like that but it's it's just the complete atmosphere of the game that that really, really makes it, and it's it's something real special that I think a lot of people just either didn't realise exist or let it pass by. And I think everyone should play it. That's a brilliant recommendation. Brilliant recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> it also puts the fear of God into you because the first there's a point <laughs> in the beginning where you're where you're supposed to die. Um, you know, this is not really a spoiler where you're supposed to die, and um, essentially. If you uh, die too many times, it deletes your save file. So oh, wow. if you die too much, you have to kind of start again. Oh wow! Wow, that's very cool. I mean, that's yeah. that's a game mechanic you don't you don't you don't really see, do you? I mean, I haven't. I, you I don't come across that in GTA. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I, um, I think you know. You know. Hopefully, if there are some people listening, I think you've definitely sold a lot of people on playing that game because that sounds sounds very cool. Sounds like a lot of uh, yeah. lot of work uh, went behind it, and um, yeah, yeah. a good game made by some good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm very privileged to I, I managed to get hold of both PS5 and a Series X, um, but you wow. can play that on, on either of those, and you're all good. But the reason why I bring this up is the Series X, uh, sorry, Xbox. It's actually on Game Pass at the moment. So if you are a subscriber to Game Pass, like it's on there, quote unquote, for free. So jump on it. Fantastic, brilliant. Good to know. Right, next question. Unfortunately, I don't really want to move on, but we're going to have to. Fred. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to say this is your answer for all the questions, and we can just talk about it indefinitely. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> what is your favourite gaming franchise? I, this one was actually a bit of a struggle for me. Um, I I nearly said Resident Evil because I love horror games. Ooh, um, nice. So I nearly, nearly went for Resident Evil. But then I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Resident Evil has some amazing games. I loved the original trilogy, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3. I loved the remake of number one. The remake of Resident Evil 2 that came out a couple of years ago is easily on my top games of all time list because the original was one of my top games of all time. And then this remake just came out and just absolutely nailed what they did with it but then i thought about it i was like you know what resident evil hasn't been consistently good you know resident evil 5 and 6 are a bit iffy you know there was some of the there was that light gun game on the ps1 that that wasn't so great and stuff like that so i had a real good think about this and i think i have to go with metal gear solid oh Oh, wow nice yeah i I wasn't expecting that metal gear yeah (laughs) they've been they've been they have been very consistent 
I mean, if you're talking yeah, about yeah, for sure. with with uh, uh, with a game, I mean, how how many? I mean, I only played the original on PlayStation One, and I believe I played the second one either on PS One or or, or two. But that that's, that's PS Two. Yeah, that I mean, that's all I've done. So how how many actually are there in the franchise? Okay, so officially, because I mean, like the Metal Gear series started, uh, you know, back years and years and years ago, um, which was the two Metal Gear games. And there's also Metal Gear 2 Snake's Revenge, which was which was created by another developer. It had nothing to do with Hideo Kojima, the director. Um, but in terms of the Metal Gear Solid series, there's uh, one on the PlayStation. There's Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PlayStation. There's 2 and 3 on the PS2. And then there was Metal Gear Solid 4 on the PS4. And then there was Metal Gear Solid 5, which is on PS4 as well. Um, sorry, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 4 was PS3, yeah, and the Metal Gear Solid 5 was PS4. Um, but there's also uh, Peace Walker on the PSP that does fit into that um narrative, but it's sort of a side game, so to speak. But there, there's some offshoots as well, but they're sort of the main core story titles. Wow, okay, nice. brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very but nice. um, you know, that that first Metal Gear Solid game, I mean, you, you said you played it, but. I remember playing the demo of that, and I don't know how much of Metal Gear Solid 1 you'll remember, but I am, by the way, anyone listening to this, I'm going to go into full spoiler territory with this Metal Gear games, because there's no way for me to talk about my like of them without doing so. Uh, It's been out long enough, I don't think. You've had your chance (laughs) to play it. Exactly. If you don't know the ending to Sixth Sense by now, fuck you. Yeah. But no, that that, that first Metal Gear Solid game, I, I I played the demo first, and the demo has all the way up to the point where you meet Meryl in the cell. It's a really, really chunky demo. But I, I, I remember playing that demo. I think it was a demo disc from like a place to official PlayStation magazine or something like that. And, you know, you start it off and there's a codec call and it's so cinematic and it's like a film. And, you know, knowing what I do now about Hideo, Hideo Kojima, where, you know, he, his love of film and his love of storytelling and, and everything like that that he, that he does, you know, it was obvious where it comes from and what is influenced by and, and all that sort of stuff but you know as a ps1 gamer and getting that game uh even just the demo originally like oh my god like the voice acting in this is incredible they're hooking me in with the story that they're, they're talking about stuff from old like snes games and stuff that i have no idea what's going on but i'm i'm there and i am intrigued and then as you go through that game when i eventually got the full game you know all the little weird quirks that Hideo Kojima puts in his game like the famous psychomantis fight where he can read your mind but what you have to do to stop him being able to read your mind is you take the controller out of port one and put it into port two because he can't read port two and and stuff like that which is just absolutely incredible you know the themes and stuff that come around as well and you know you get to what as you go through the game like it just takes directions that you just didn't even know and then yeah. From that, the the idea that was behind it as well, with the, the themes of the game, which is this, are you destined to be what you're, destined to fulfill what your genes are made up of, essentially? You know, because there's the whole, like I said, I'm going to go full spoilers here, everyone. Uh, you know, the whole thing of Liquid Snake and Solid Snake being clones of this soldier, Big Boss. And one was an inferior clone. One was supposed to have all the great, genetics and we're supposed to have all the inferior genetics to make this you know the super soldier and there was this whole idea of whether you know the whether the one with the inferior genetics will be better than the other one and and that whole kind of theme around that when you get to the end of it you just just completely blown away by the entire thing and 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 don't worry i'm not going to go like into the full whack of all of these but you know when you move on to metal gear solid 2 and we covered Metal Gear Solid 2 on the, the, the show a few years ago. And one, Hideo Kojima, I don't know, but I think he has some sort of time machine and just can <laughs> understand the future. Because Metal Gear Solid 2 came out in, in 2001, right? And the yeah. entire theme of Metal Gear Solid 2 that's behind it is uh, memes of information. I don't mean memes as in like silly internet memes. I mean like memes in terms of like how information is passed on and everything like that. And how memes are like, you know, information and concepts and ideas that are passed between people. And the whole kind of enemy's plot in that game is, you know, this giant arsenal gear that is going to be designed for the complete control of all information in the world. And they want to create a certain society through 
certain information getting out rather than fake news and everything like that. And this was in 2001. Hideo Kojima made a game about the control of information and how wrong information or certain information getting out to people through technology and the internet would manipulate society. What you know? We live in that now, you know, yeah. like, through social media and everything. And you know, those themes of like, are you more than what the information given to you makes you? And it, it's it's this this kind of idea of identity that runs through a lot of these games and all these different things. And it's just incredible. And like going to the gameplay without getting too much aside on you know focus on that stuff. The, the gameplay. The great thing about Mega Side games as well that until you get to number five they're essentially linear games but they give you like an entire tool set to play with to kind of do whatever you want so you can you know you can go through there stealthily you can go through their guns blazing you give you all these different items that you can take the guys down with and that on a gameplay level is so fascinating for a player as well yeah did you enjoy death stranding yes yeah i did actually like death stranding i i, I know that with again to say marmite before you know Marmite is is very much that with Death Stranding and absolutely. I, I, I it was weird because it was such a chill game, but at the same time, like so intriguing. And speaking of Hideo Kojima being, you know, having a time machine, right? And towards that's the end, what of... I thought when you said that, I was just towards the end of world being saved by couriers. It's this is yeah. twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, at the end of twenty nineteen, releases a game where a guy who is suffering from uh, a. a a disease can't touch other people is also a courier to a world where no one can come out of where they live. <laughs> yeah, just it's, it's almost too on the nose. You think, come on, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But you know, basically, Hideo Kojima is an absolute genius, and, and you know, you can you can take from these games of wow, this is just a great video game, or you can look into you know everything behind it and get so much more from them. And there's all the little quirks and stuff, you know, like like the fir- the first one where it tells you that a codec code is on the back of the CD cover. And you're like, what do you mean the CD cover? And it's actually on the back of the disc cover. There's a screenshot with the codec code on. And I unfortunately had that ruined for me because the first time I played Metal Gear Solid all the way through, I rented it. And like the first thing with the count was like, oh, um, part of the way through, you need a code off the back of the disc. It's this. So I had that ruined for me, but it, it was it's still a very, very intriguing quirk. And, and you know, like I said, you can take as much as you want from those. And you know, going through, skipping ahead to Metal Gear Solid Five, um, without going into too much detail, obviously the issues with Kojima and Konami were getting to a, a, a heating point at that that moment. And the story is complete, incomplete. There's a lot of stuff you wanted to put in that didn't make it, and it doesn't make sense towards the end. But arguably, just gameplay alone, that is one of the greatest games of all time in terms of the systems implemented, the, the things you can do, and... I'm going to contradict myself later on on one of the other quest on a couple of the other questions, but I'm not massively big on open world games. But even that as an open world game, because they opened it up, um, just every single thing you can do with Snake as a character on the game, all the options you have, everything you build up, systems upon systems upon systems, it is honestly one of the greatest games for gameplay alone. It's one of the greatest games of all time. Well, that's really. I mean. Yeah, well, Metal Gear Solid, I really need to get involved, to be fair. I, yeah, I really... all I remember from that game is that you you could smoke. I think it, it was <laughs> lost on me. <laughs> Metal Gear Gear Solid 4 because it it, it does a thing because it's on the PS3 it does a thing where it's in chapters and and this isn't a good point by the way it's probably one of the negative points that game and you get through a chapter and it has to kind of uninstall part of it and reinstall another part for the next chapter and for some reason it's just snakes that they're smoking for like 7 minutes whilst it's installing (laughs) really really strange (laughs) oh brilliant uh, right. Okay. So we'll go into question five. So uh, we're um, going to ask about sort of, um, well, what what is the current uh, game that you're um, playing? So what game are you playing currently? In, to say the same thing, the exact same. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I am. I, I'm, I'm going to try and keep some of these answers short. I promise you. But I'm playing a few at the moment. Um, I'm uh, running through Skyward Sword HD uh, on my Switch. Which, man, what an absolute redemption. Because I was a massive fan of Skyward Sword on the Wii. Like, I didn't get on with the motion controls. I thought the game was clunky and all that. I always yeah. said that it was a good game, but not a good Zelda game. But, man, I'm really enjoying that now. Um, that's, that's good you know, to hear. It just plays so much better on the Switch. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just kind of taking it through slowly. I've, I'm a truck driver, so I take my Switch with me to work, so I get a chance to kind of play it a bit at work as well, which, which you know, that's kind of my Switch game at the moment. Yeah, that's um, Another one I'm playing is uh, on 3DS is a game called Theater Rhythm, which is a Final Fantasy rhythm game. So <laughs> it's loads of Final Fantasy music. So if you love the Final Fantasy games, it has tons and tons and tons of tracks. And it's a rhythm game based... Um, you can either use the stylus or there's a button input mode as well, but it implements a lot of RPG mechanics as well. So you have all the characters and some are, some are better at certain stages and some are better at others because there's like walking stages, which is supposed to be like walking through world map music and stuff. And there's actual battle stages. So, you know, if you miss the enemy attacks you, if you miss a note, the enemy attacks you, but as you hit the notes, you're attacking the enemy. Um, but that's just kind of a, if I need a quick pick up and play at the moment, but that's a real interesting title that I'm okay. really enjoying. Do you play um, then? Say that again, sorry. Uh, uh, do you play your 3DS often still? Yeah. No, not too much these days. The Switch kind of supersedes it quite a bit. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, but still, but still, you. I mean, like, obviously, you can only get that game on the 3DS. I take it that that rhythm game. That um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a specific specific that's 3DS. specific 3DS game. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, it does sound, it, um, it does sound good. Yeah. But the other, the other two, um, I'm, I get laughed at this um, because of like the general kind of opinion of the game. But I, for some random reason, I am absolutely adoring the Marvel Avengers game that came out last year that got loads and loads of flack um, for kind of being, you know, it's a uh, online service game, but isn't, and it kind of doesn't know where it stands. But I, I don't know, man. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine at the moment. What okay. are you playing on? PS5? Uh, PS5, yeah, yeah. Is Spider-Man you... there yet? No, no, it's not. <laughs> they, 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 they've just done the Black Panther expansion, which is which is real, real good and added quite a lot to the game. But um, yeah, that, they need to get Spider-Man out, considering they sold the PS5 version on, well, PS, the PlayStation version on, um, you know, <laughs> let's, we're going to give you a flat on PlayStation only, and he's still not there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but the last one I want to kind of give a shout out to is um, there's a game called 12 Minutes, which just came out on Xbox and Steam, um, which is a kind of top-down, almost kind of point-and-click game, which um, it has Willem Dafoe, Daisy Ridley, and James McAvoy starring in it as the voice actors. And oh, wow. it's um, a couple who, um, he comes home, um, you kind of interact with the wife a little bit, and about 10 minutes in, um, this guy claims to be a cop, comes in and murders you. And the main character, James McAvoy's character, he ends up on time loop. Every 12 minutes, he loops. Or every time he dies, he loops. And you're essentially figuring out the puzzle of, one, not to die, and also find out the mystery of what's going on. Uh, A little bit of shine has kind of worn off it, because I've been looking forward to this game for a few years now. But it's still very intriguing. It's an interesting puzzle, for sure. It's like an escape room, in a way. You're trying to figure out, and you get more... Every loop you do, you find out more information um, and every little thing you kind of try and tinker with. Very cool. Sounds uh, interesting concept for a game. It's quite yeah, original. It does. And it sounds like it'll be good to, as you said, sort of play with somebody, uh, you know, and figure things out together, you know, uh, which uh, I love those sort of games where you can, you know, like one of you is playing, but, but, but you can kind of still play together, if you know what I mean. I mean, that does sound very cool. And what's it called again? 12 minutes. 12 minutes, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That's another, that's another one. If you've got Game Pass, it's on there. So if you ask right to Game Pass, like, I, find, I sound like I'm like it's some sort of shill, like, oh, buy Game Pass. Guy. It's not like I work for Xbox. <laughs> I don't, I promise. But, like, but yeah, it is on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and everybody who does have an Xbox, they, they do rave on about um, Game Pass. I mean, you know, I mean, you, re- you really can't go wrong with some of the, you know, you could be playing. I mean, they've got Xbox One games on there and stuff, haven't they? Pretty good, decent Xbox One games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm, I've very much always been a PlayStation guy through and through. And, and you know, I said I'm, I'm very privileged to have both of the new consoles. And the the, the Xbox is essentially my my uh, Game Pass machine. When, when obviously, game prices. I mean, you know, the whole thing about the, the swap shop for you guys. Um, see, I'll pimp you guys for a bit rather than Game Pass. You know, I, I, I remember you guys saying that, you know, you know, the, the big things about, you know, games are getting more expensive. You know, the, the games took another jump up in prices generation. And obviously, trading prices are garbage and everything like that. And one of the main reasons I went for both consoles is, well, games have jumped up in price. And, you know, Game Pass is such an amazing deal that, like, I, I want that. I'm going to end up saving money, really, 
having that as my Game Pass machine. And that's essentially what my Xbox is. My, my PlayStation is my PlayStation exclusive machine, and then my Series X is my Game Pass machine. I see. I, I, I see. That's a good system. Um, it is. It yeah. is. And... <laughs> I try just uh, just before yeah. Justin uh, just before ju- uh, Justin a- 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 asks the next question, we have to ask because you own both new uh, generations of console, and I think you you you, you, know, you know the question before we're going to ask it. But in he's your already opinion... answered it, Daryl. It's PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> right, Justin's a Justin's a PlayStation just, just fan boy. Give it up. Yeah, Justin's a no PlayStation. No one wants flight simulator. <laughs> hey man, that's a very popular game, dude. It is. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been trying, I've been trying to uh, get uh, get Justin on the Xbox side for a while, but it's not happening. Justin's uh, PlayStation through and through, but I, I don't actually currently own any. Um, I don't own an Xbox One or uh, Xbox Series X. But if I did have the money, I, w- I, I'm, I'm, I'm about sixty percent sure I would go for the Xbox, just because I am a bit more of an Xbox uh, man, if you know what I mean. But like, uh, but like, yeah. so, so, so basically, the question is, like, um, uh, what, 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 what is your favourite? You know, like, you know, currently. I mean, it, it might change in a year or so's time because of exclusives, you know, etc. But what, what is currently your favourite console? Out, 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 oh, right. This is hard because, like, I am a PlayStation guy through and through. I really, really right. am. Just leave um, it there. But like, that's fine. No, no, no. But like, but in terms of, in so if if I had to be completely, you know, if I had to analyze them both pro- properly, like, they both. And this is such a cop out answer, but I'll give reasons. It, it sounds like cop out answer, but I will give reasons. Yeah, they're both great, and they're both not so great in their own way like there's, yeah. there's pluses and minuses like yeah. the playstation the the ui the ps5 ui is clunky as hell um you know it, it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways and the storage on there because I, I can't remember the standard storage but the storage on there is ridiculous i mean i've got i've got a usb drive attached for my ps4 games but it's you know that is an issue but that controller man honestly that controller if you, if you get a, anyone gets to play a ps5 just play the uh, astros playroom that came with it which is essentially um it's a trip down memory lane for playstation it's absolutely phenomenal and then it's also just a showpiece for the controller like all the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers and everything like that's incredible whereas on the xbox side of things you know like it's still the same ui from the xbox one obviously it's a bit snappy a bit quicker and then obviously you've got um I apologize if you can hear the ice cream man in the background. I don't know why it's here. It's even sunny. Oh, nice. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, nice to give an ice cream uh, van, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you guys want anything? I'll nip out. I'll have a, a mint feast. I'll have a mint feast. That's my, <laughs> that's that's my go-to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you know, the, the UI snappy. You've got Game Pass there and everything like that. But, you know, I, if you ask me right now, if you ask me right, right now, I'd I'd probably say it'd be the PS5, but that's because the games have been playing it, been playing on right. it. So, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I okay. thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going to uh, say say the PS5. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is more than fair enough. And uh... I thought you were going to have to edit that out, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So now that we've got that settled, uh, yeah, Justin, do you want to <laughs> what question seven? Yeah. Well, what what game are you planning on playing next? Okay, I, I might actually give a short answer for this. This will be amazing. Um, <laughs> so this is one time so I'm going to contradict, contradict myself about the open world thing. Um, so I'm actually going to... I picked up a, another copy of it today because, funnily enough, I actually traded uh, my original copy of it on the swap shop for something else. Um, but I'm going to replay Ghost of Tsushima um, just because ah. the director's cut is out. Um, which is, you know, has a full PS5 upgrade and has some extra DLC and stuff. But, you know, I'm not, not massive on open world games all the time, um, but that one really, really got me. And I, I played, a hell, well, I finished it, but I, I played a hell of a lot of that. And I'm quite happy to, to jump into that world again with all the PS5 upgrades. I when I, I played that game, when it came out, it was a good, it got me through the lockdown. But it, mm. it annoys me because in my, when I, I've only got PS4. Wasn't didn't get PS5, but when um when it loads in, it's I constantly get a notification saying that the game's like just been installed, even though I installed it months ago. It just won't go, and it, it bloody annoyed me. So I just took it. I didn't finish the game, but as soon as I finished it, I just didn't want it on my PlayStation. <laughs> I don't know if that was oh, a me I, issue I, or an everyone issue. 
I don't know. I, I have no idea. I never had, I didn't have any of those problems myself. But yeah, that is a great, great open world game. Like really kind of, it's a, if you haven't played it, I mean, the, the main character is kind of like, it's, it's almost like a, a, an origin story in a way. It's like, it's like almost like a Batman origin story. It's, you know, Jin, Jin Sakai, the main character, becoming this legend, becoming this ghost, you know, during this time of the Mongols. And it's really kind of, it's a story about him rather than necessarily the big open world. And it just kind of really resonated. And it was just a lot of fun. Good, com- good combat system. Like another one of those things where you kind of approach things however you want, um, you know, either stealthily or go in guns blazing and everything. But yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with that. I'm looking forward to playing it again. Oh, nice. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, do- yeah, again, only about a week ago, me and, me and Justin were on the phone and he, he, he was telling me about it. So, uh, um, and that and that is a PlayStation exclusive, right? Is that that you can only get? Yeah, it, I think it was the, the last PS4 exclusive. Okay, what? Well, so you you yes. can get it? Yes. Uh, what can you get it on X on Xbox Series X now? Then no, you or can't. No, 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 no. All right. Okay. All right. I see. It's right, it's okay. done. It's um it's, it's developed by Sucker Punch, who are a PlayStation Studio. PlayStation Studio. Are they the? Ah, oh, what they called? Yeah, no, it's gone. They did Infamous. <laughs> is that what you're trying to? What are we thinking of? What was it? They did the Infamous games. Infamous, yeah. Infamous, yeah. Second Son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I've seen yeah. Sucker Punch before. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, right. So, Mike. So, Mike. Uh, if you could remaster any game to current console, what would it be? Uh, this was a difficult one for me, but if I had to, and, and this is going to sound funny because there is already a fantastic remake, but I said earlier that I love those original Resident Evil games and, you know, Resident Evil 1 got an absolutely phenomenal remake on the GameCube, which has been subsequently ported everywhere else. Um, yeah. You know, that is the definitive way to play Resident Evil 1 now, but it, but it is, that's still, you know, and I've, I've nothing wrong with this. I love these games, you know, but it's still those static camera angles. Um tank controls you know kind of strange yes. combat um but i said a few moments ago that remake of resident evil 2 because Res- the original resident evil 2 was one of my favorite games of all time that remake that they did blew me away absolutely it's not without its issues but it blew me away just give me resident evil 1 in that style now that's what i yeah. want so and yeah. resident evil i don't i'm not sure how it'd work because the mansion hallways are a lot smaller than those ones that are in the police station resident evil 2 but still i just find a way to do it yeah, yeah. I think they should. I mean, like they should have really done like a bit of a Tony Hawk situation and done one and two on the, you know, the same sort of time. That that would have been pretty cool. You know. Well, like, I mean, uh, interesting fact here because um, Resi Two got the remake and Resident Resi Three got the remake a year after, and Resi Three remake got a bit of criticism because it was a bit short. But um, apparently, uh, those two games were in development at the same time and they were supposed to come out as a double pack but yeah oh. give me resident evil one put it as a triple pack <laughs> yeah definitely yeah 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 definitely that would that would be very good um yeah yeah uh, very cool well like my uh, um uh, yeah justin over to you <laughs> question seven uh if you know question eight, no, eight yeah, <laughs> what, what what do you think the future of uh, video games will look like in 20 years um, so I, I'm going to sound like an Xbox shill again here. Like I'm a big PlayStation guy. I don't know how this happens, but <laughs> you know, I I think that I don't think streaming is going to take over. Um, but I think a lot of more people are going to be playing the games through streaming. Um, Stadia kind of came in and let's face it, fucked everything up. Like the, the, you know, the, I I don't think Stadia is going to be around much longer at all. But you know, you've got Amazon. Uh, sorry, Amazon. I don't know why I said, said, said that so strangely. You've got Amazon, which, you know, they've got Amazon, is it Luna? I think there's their streaming service coming. And you've got Xbox, which is, you know, the, doing the whole thing with xCloud, um, which I'm looking forward to because I can, well, the beta, I, I can play the beta now, but because of my line of work, you know, I, I'll be able to stream games to my iPad with a controller, you know, whilst I'm sat in the truck waiting for my truck to be unloaded and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, you know, people, people seem to have this fear that streaming is going to take away um console gaming and pc gaming and everything like that i don't think that's going to happen because i think look, look at the resurgence of vinyl um and you know looking at music people you know there's all these streaming services and everything like that but you've still got your your people they want the vinyl they want that vinyl sound they want they want a product that they can open they can look at they can smell they they, they can go over to their 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 vinyl player put the vinyl on and and you know it feels like a little bit of an event so to speak and I think it's the same with 
games and with consoles themselves. You know, I think people still want that new piece of technology. They want to open up that box, you know, feel that new controller, situate that new console on their shelf. They want that premium experience because I don't think the streaming the streaming is ever going to be a completely premium experience. And there's still going to be people that want that. Same, you know, your, your PC guys. Um, there, there's a running joke on our show that I, I hate PC gaming. I, I just, honestly, I just don't really understand a lot of it. But there's this running joke that I hate PC gaming and that, that all people do is play Minesweeper and stuff like that. But, you know, your PC guys who, they want that high-end graphics. They want the high-end performance. You know, that is still going to be there. But for those that are more casual, you're going to get your streaming. I think, you know, eventually you're going to get, you look at TVs now and you look at the box and, you know, it's got Netflix app built in, Amazon app built in, you know, now TV and, and sports and all that kind of jazz. I think you're going to start getting to a point soon where TVs will come with Xbox Game Pass, uh, not, not Game Pass, you know, xCloud, you know, stream games straight to your TV with a controller, you know, and that's your entry point. All you have to do is buy a controller. Your TV's yeah. already hooked up to the internet. It's already got the app there. You know, so you're going to get a lot more casual gamers that can come in because they can stream those those yeah. games to the TV. But you're still going to have your premium devices and your premium experiences for the people that want it. And obviously the PC folk will, will always want that as well anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, have you, have you yourself, because you've got a PS5 and I presume you had a PS4, I mean, like, like, um, do you think VR? Yeah, um, do you think, do you think that's going to slowly fade out, and or, or do you think that is here to stay, and it is, and it is going to be, um, sort of a, a, you know, quite, quite a big thing. I mean, like, do, you, do, do you yourself have a, have, have a, um, you know, a headset? I, I do. I've got, I've got PSVR. Um, I'll be honest, I don't get it out that much. Um, it's, I've, I've got the adapter for me to be able to play it on my PS5 as well, but. You know, PSVR was great at the time it came out. It was a great entry point because of the pricing and, you know, people already have the console and everything like that. And But it's clunky. You know, it's it's still using the Move controllers from the PS3 generation. And, you know, it's using a camera to track lights rather than any kind of, you know, sensors on the headset or anything like that, yeah. like, some, like something like your, your Quest and your Quest 2 are using. And it's a fantastic experience, but this is the problem especially with PSVR, because I can't talk about necessarily for Quest, because I know that Half-Life Alex and stuff like that for the Quest, um, you know, the general consensus is that that is a true gaming, a, a true game within VR rather than just an experience. And I think yeah. that is maybe the problem you have with stuff like PSVR. Now, don't get me wrong, Beat Saber is a hell of a time. Absolutely adore Beat Saber. And, you know, there was Blood and Truth on the PSVR, which is like a London uh, Guy Ritchie mafia film, kind it? of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it's fantastic. But, you know, the limitations are still there. And, you know, looking at all the stuff for PSVR 2, because I, I didn't think they'd do a PSVR 2, but, you know, all the information is starting to come out about that. Um, you know, there was a talk that Sony did recently that wasn't filmed or anything like that. You know, it was like a conference and they were discussing the technology behind it. And, you know, it's one cable now to the console rather than you know, the multiple cables you have to set up every time at the moment. Um, and, you know, the controllers are not tracked with a camera. It sensors on the headset. It's got um, OLED HD screens in there. And, you know, I think the experience will be much better. But for me personally, I'm probably not going to jump on PSVR 2 just because of how little I actually break out my PSVR I've got now. But I think in terms of your actual question, a, a long way around, um, you know, I, I think there's still going to be the market there for PSVR, but I think it's going to be kind of adjacent to what is going on with the rest of gaming. I don't think yeah. VR is going to become the central experience. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. Brilliant answer. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, question nine. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we, we really don't like to be negative on the show, but um, it... The question is, what what's the game that's disappointed you the most? Maybe 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 hyped up quite a lot, or um, you know you, you bought it and then went back and then you you really weren't that impressed. But you know you, uh, you were sort of promised uh, promised the world and, and it was never given to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this. And then, again, there's a running joke on on, on our show that because um, I call it call it boredom simulator, and I get a lot of flack for it. But <laughs> Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh my god! I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just hundreds of people switching the podcast off now. 
No, I think I think I think so many ears ears are pricked up. Like everyone's going, oh my goodness me. No, right, yeah. I mean, like, um, I, I think Justin was saying this the other day. I think Justin said that Justin told me that uh, a lot of people didn't like Red Dead because it was almost too real. And I'm wondering, and I'm wondering if this was a an issue for you. But yeah, honestly, please, please, you know, you know, please tell us how how you feel about the game. Yeah. Explain yourself, right? <laughs> try, to, try to case my defence, Your Honour. No, right? The thing is, right, and again, this, this is where I'm going to contradict myself. I said, you know, I'm not really into open-world gaming. I've mentioned so many open-world games that I like. But, you know, I really enjoyed Red Dead Redemption 1. Um, it's a fantastic game. Um, and, you know, especially Undead Nightmare as well. That, that add-on was absolutely incredible. But, you know, Red Dead Redemption 1, it, it, it was a, just a fantastic, like, cowboy story. You know, it was quite a, again like like i said about ghost of tsushima it was quite a personal story about john marston and you know red dead redemption 2 like you looked at it, it looked incredible um you know there was talk of all this realism you know the, there was all that talk beforehand about the you could see the horses bollocks swell in hot weather yeah. and all that stuff that they were talking about <laughs> it's like, it's that's like, why i got okay. it yeah <laughs> yeah horse bollock simulator exactly <laughs> the, um, you know there was all this talk of all this realism it's like wow that just sound incredible you know this is this is you know this game's been it's been gestating for so many years and you know the first one was so incredible and you know you touched on it about how it was too sort of real and you know i got it and I, i'll be honest i didn't put many hours in um because i just i i couldn't i just i couldn't play any longer because don't get me wrong, realism in game is great. But what do we play games for? We play games to have fun. You know, there is obviously escapism. You know, there is that realism aspect that some people get. You know, a bit of escapism, you know, but to have fun. That, that is the most important thing you should be doing. Yeah. And yeah. everything about that game system, just like it trying to be so real, it forgot that it was supposed to be fun, in my opinion. Yeah. Like... Everything was so deliberate, you know, like, oh, I need to get on. If I want to go and pick up a, an animal skin, I need to ride my horse. I need to go there. Right. I need to kill the animal. I then need to skin the animal. Right. I need to go get the horse over. I need to put it on the horse. I can, can't put anything else on the horse because obviously the horse can really carry so much. I then have to trek that all the way over and and and, and then, yeah. you know, take that off to then go and get take the horse and go and get another one or you know, he can only carry certain guns, uh, a certain yeah. amount of guns, which, you know, like I said, very real. But it's like, oh, I wanted this gun. Oh, it's back on my horse. I need to go back to my horse. I need to get that gun off the horse. I need to now equip that gun. I need to go over there to use the gun. And I get that a lot of people had fun with this. Like, you know, a few of my buddies really, really enjoyed it. But I don't know, man. Like, it just yeah. sucked the soul out of everything for me. And then as well, like, I don't know. Sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say a bit, a bit over realistic, a bit OTT kind of sucked the fun, sucked the fun out of the game because it was almost a little bit too realistic, a bit too over the top. Exactly, exactly, and and you know, not just that, I I, I struggled to get on with the protagonist. I can't remember his name. Arthur, Arthur, that was his name. Arthur. And I I yeah, struggle, yeah. I struggle to get on with it. Uh, you know, from the bits I saw, and I, I've heard that it kind of makes sense a little bit later on. I, I have had the rest of the game spoiled for me because I I. You know, I've, I'm probably never going to play it again. But, yeah. you know, John Marston was instantly likable. He, um, he he had, like, kind of... A, the beginning of his story was a redemption story. He'd come from this gang. He was, you know, forcibly, in a way, trying to be good. Now, when I play games where you have a good and evil system, I like to be the hero. I like to be good. I don't like some of the bad things. I, I stay on that good side of things. So, yeah. when Justin you're playing Arthur in second, <laughs> yeah, just go around killing everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's what Justin does. He just goes around like uh, uh, lassoing um, um, people. People telling lasso shotgun to the face. Move on yeah. to the next town. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I like that. And and you know, Arthur's story at the beginning, he, he was still part of the gang. He was a bad guy. Well, well, I don't know. Arguably, he was a guy who, due to his circumstances, was a bad guy. And yeah me trying to be good all the time and then going on these missions where I'm going and robbing trains, I'm going and kidnapping people. Like, it just didn't make sense narratively to me. It's like, I don't want to be doing these things. I want to be the good guy. I am the hero. But like, yeah. don't give me the option to be the hero if this character you're painting at the moment is doing evil things. And that those two things just did not click for me. 
that's fair enough. I'll tell you what, and that is a great, it's an absolutely great answer. Very controversial. And I think I, I think a lot of people, I, you know, I think there's going to be a few people that are going to be with you, uh, you know, and but then there's probably going to be a few people that have probably spent so many hours on that game. You're probably talking, you're probably people well within the over a thousand hours by now. And they would be, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Pretty much, pretty much lived, lived in that, um, in pretty much lived in that environment more than they have their, you know, their own real life, you know. But um, when it came out, I would wear a cowboy hat whilst playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Just got a little rocking horse and sat on that whilst playing it, doing a lasso yeah. one-handed. <laughs> I'd, I'd say howdy when my wife came home and try and smoke like a cowboy. Just like how I, if someone was looking at me, they'd be going, yeah, he's probably just come from the West. <laughs> the, the West country. <laughs> got the train from Blackpool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, man, but like, obviously we, you know, holidays and stuff aren't, aren't, aren't good, you know, going abroad and everything, you know, because the world is currently on fire figuratively and literally. But, you know, like, we, we normally go abroad on holiday and it's like, we, we had a week off a few weeks ago and we were just like, oh, uh, what should we do? Oh, let's go to the seaside. Like, we spent a couple of days in Blackpool. Man, that place is crazy. It's just, just drunk English people everywhere. It was like, it's kind of like being abroad, but like, everyone was just grumpier and it was grey and strange. <laughs> Spain with bad weather. Yeah. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah I've, I've been there a few times myself have you have you been there justin you've been to blackpool haven't you I've, i was young you've done the big um, one I've, yeah i've done the big one yeah the, the pepsi max, pepsi max. yeah it's probably changed yeah, his yeah. name it's probably now like you know it's coke zero now, yeah it's probably now the coke zero or something yeah <laughs> Yeah, but uh, now you've now you've said Pepsi Max, you can you can get you know some advertising money from them. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll, we'll contact them and we'll see. We'll give you a little plug. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, they'll probably they'll probably send they'll probably just send Justin a you know a, a, a you know a can of Seven Up or something or whatever. Can, they make. can of Seven Up. Well, then <laughs> I just I'm just gonna put it out there. Port Bella Road Gin. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay, Justin, over to you for the uh, final question then. Final question. What everyone wants to know. What's your game, Mike? <laughs> My favourite game? Um, so so here comes the massive, 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 massive contradiction to everything I've said. <laughs> okay. Well, not everything I've said, but like some of the things I've said. My favourite game, and this changed very recently. Um, I won't go off on a tangent of why the previous one was, was it, but previously it was Final Fantasy VII, the original Final Fantasy VII. But this changed very okay. recently. I'll say recently, it was in the past couple of years. Uh, my favourite game of all time is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nice. Very no, no arguments there. No arguments there. No. I mean, for, for a long time, I was annoyed that, that Legend of Zelda beat Horizon to Game of the Year. I, I love Horizon. Oh, my God. Yeah, Horizon was Zelda, And I just thought, yeah, fair enough. With, with the history of the <laughs> franchise... I can see why you won. Yeah. It wouldn't be my choice, <laughs> yeah. but no, no complaints from me. You, you can't, you can't say anything bad about that game. And you can say some bad stuff about it. You know, you, you can have a, you can say something's a masterpiece and still have criticisms of it. But you know, I, it's funny because over on Factory Sealed, where like I'm seen as like the Zelda guy, which is very strange because out of the four of us that are on there, I played the least amount of Zelda. Um, those guys, you know, they've, they've played loads of them, you know, loads of the top-down ones and the 3D ones. And I, I'm just a big fan of the 3D ones. And in some ways, I'm, I'm because I've not played many of the, the top-down ones, if I'm honest. I've only played A Link Between Worlds and Link's Awakening, both the original and the remake. You know, I've not even played A Link to the Past, believe it or not, which, you know, is a, a gaming sin of mine that I've not played that yet. Um, but, you know, I, the lore and everything of, of Zelda is more possibly interesting to me than necessarily all of the games. But... I went into Breath of the Wild kind of like, okay, it's an open world Zelda, you know, and, and one of the reasons I don't like some open world games, and, and I'm going to contradict myself again in a moment, like, it took me ages to play something like Skyrim, because, you know, beginning of Skyrim, you, you get out of that little, like, sort of dungeon at the beginning, and you're given a big, vast open world, and you're given a vague objective, it's like, go do what you want. And I get paralyzed by choice. You know, it, 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 it's the gaming equivalent of, like, what do I watch on Netflix? And being concerned about 
am I going to do the wrong thing? Am I going to miss something? Is is there a better show I should be watching? You know, things like that. And I like that with those more games. Like, you know, oh, I'm worried I'm going to miss something. I'm worried I'm not going to do this right. And I'm going to consequently miss that and, and all that kind of stuff. And Zelda Breath of the Wild is, is exactly that. You you know, you you have that first bit on the, the, the plateau at the beginning. Yeah. And it kind of does the opposite of what other Zeldas do because, you know, you, you go into the dungeons of, you know, you progress through the game in Zelda, normally in 3D Zeldas and 2D Zeldas as well. You go in there, you do in the dungeons and you're eventually given an item and you do the rest of the puzzles in the dungeon with the item. The item then becomes useful for the rest, like the, the world between the dungeons to get other secrets and stuff. But as you go through, you're, you're, you're learning more, you're getting more items and learning how to use them and combining them together. What Breath of the Wild does at the beginning gives you your four uh, Sheikah Slate powers it gives you kind of a vague, you know, impression of what they do, and it's like, go out in the open world, go do what you want, go anywhere. You can look any, see that mountain in the distance. You can climb it if you want, and you'll probably find something up there. And yeah. essentially, what they've done is they 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 created a physics engine, and then just gave you a huge sandbox to play within. Yeah. Rather than necessarily like, I mean, there are obviously very, obviously objects you have to do. You have to go and do the, the the beasts and everything like that. But you can go through that game, not do a single objective, and spend hours upon hours upon hours just adventuring, like actually just completely adventuring. You know, come around this corner, you might find another shrine to go through. You might find um, a huge enemy that you've not seen before, or a secret weapon, or anything like that. And it just absolutely the, the idea of the story you know the, the whole it's been a hundred years since this great tragedy happened that's why the world's so empty um and oh one thing i want to say about systems you know talk about physics system you know a little thing like you, you you've got a stick that's on fire and you stand beneath an apple that's on a tree and the apple will cook you know it's, it's little crazy things yeah. like that or you know you can take out enemies by knocking a boulder down a hill and stuff like that but anyway yeah you know the world has changed, you know, there's all this aspect of time and everything like that. And there's just something absolutely wonderful about a game. In the true sense, you know, people just throw around the world wonderful, you know, the idea of wonderful is, you know, something is full of wonder. And that is what Breath of the Wild is. It is. It's just absolutely full of wonder. Just every step you turn, 100%. there's something new to find. 100%. I, I mean, it's... I, I, um, I, I know people will give me grief for not remembering the uh, guy's name. Um, is it Miyamoto? Who, who, who? It's not. Yeah, Miyamoto. yeah. It, it, it is him. Who, yeah, Shigeru who, Miyamoto. Yeah. So he, um, uh, I can remember reading an article where he said he he wanted to um, um, replicate that feeling of being a kid, and then when when he was a kid growing up in Japan, when he had the vast um, countryside around him, that feeling of 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 new exploration and stuff like that and i i honestly it's it's 100 in my top three uh favorite games of, of all time and i probably dare say it's probably in justin's top five top ten at least but it's it, oh, it, i'm among friends here then <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no it, that, that was a that was a good good it's one a after all this xbox scares that you this one will, <laughs> this is a keeper yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, and yeah. Well, you seem to have forgotten Red Dead uh, too quickly as well, Justin. But there we go. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, 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 I love fair... Red Dead, but I can see doing some yeah. of the chores actually felt like doing work, and that you, you games shouldn't feel like that. But then, if, if you want the whole realism aspect, then you, you can't have both both ways. Yeah. But I, I, I use Red Dead as just to take out my horrific fantasies. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, well, that, well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. It's like GTA Five. Like the first thing you do on on a new GTA Five yeah. game is run somebody over. Just to, you know, <laughs> it's just you got to see. Is it? You look for see. any any infants. Can you can you kill them? No, <laughs> take the game back. Wait for GTA Six. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, dude, we're not getting GTA Six anytime soon, dude. Oh, like, no. GTA Five yeah. is still making far too much money for that. Yeah. Same with Mario Kart, man. Mario Kart Eight is still making far too much money for them to make a Mario Kart Nine. Stop, stop yeah. buying it, everyone, so we can get a new one. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I'm gagging. I want a new Mario Kart so bad, but yeah, you're right. It's just so popular that Nintendo are just like, no, Mario Kart 8, that's fine. Yeah. You know, why yeah. would you? But I mean, speaking of sequels, like, it's funny as well, Breath of the Wild, like, it's, in some ways, it's, 
almost the realization of the very, very, very first uh, NES Legend of Zelda. Because you, you, if you, I've, I've not, I've not really played much of the original Legend of Zelda. It's just not to my taste at all. But you know, that game didn't really give you any direction, and you know, there was yeah. dungeons, literally, the caves and stuff, and stairs hid, literally hidden behind random bushes that you would just cut down and. You know, it's it's almost like Breath of the Wild is the realization of that. You know, it's, it's like it's like the entire series has come full circle. Um, but you know, I, I said criticisms before. There's no proper dungeons. Like I'm replaying Skyward Sword at the moment, and you know, it, playing that makes you realize how much you miss a proper Zelda dungeon. Um, yeah. You know, the less said about the weapon degradation, the better on that game. You know, it, yeah. it's an absolute pain in the ass. But <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember me and my wife got married in 2017, and I I was you know knee deep into breath of the wild and we went to cancun for our honeymoon and you know i, I can't sit in the same i long. got married in 2017 and went to play at el carmen for my honeymoon <laughs> oh, amazing and we uh we you know i can't stay in the summer for too long like I, I just get to a point right that's it i need to be inside and you know there were points of even during our honeymoon i'd, I'd say to my flight i'm gonna go in for a bit and like i was on my honeymoon sat playing my switch in my bedroom <laughs> <So> playing <laughs> playing breath of the wild i was i was that hooked yeah no, we, yes, it, it comes, that's ideal it is yeah and also the fact switch on a beach i'm just so envious yeah anyway yeah. <laughs> the fact that you can have breath in the wild in in your hands you can have a game that massive and that amazing in your hands is um it just shows how far that we that that we have come um when it comes to gaming it's it, you know it's extraordinary really isn't it yeah it's, it is, it is uh, yeah. a great game very looking yeah. forward to that. There's a, the next Breath of the Wild, or whatever, it, the untitled Breath of the Wild sequel. is. There's not many games I'll pre-order now, but I think that is a guarantee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's going to... Cyberpunk's taught me some lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yet to, I'm yet to play that. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the actual next Jedi upgrade before I dabble. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's, the best. That's very wise. Episode. Yeah, very, very wise. Uh, well, anyway, Mark, I'm going to... Um, uh, wrap this up you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to um uh absolutely amazing thank you so much for your time yeah very appreciate this for a sunday yeah on that's a sunday. right man. no and thank you thank you for having me and also like awesome work with what you do with the swap shop I, 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 if i'm honest i don't you know I've, we've probably not pimped it enough but you know the the swap shop is an incredible thing I've, I've i've done i think about three or four trades on there now and and you know it's getting the game that you want and not having to shill that extra bit out because places like CEX and Game are giving you crappy trading prices. It's just incredible. And, and you know, everyone's so respectful over there and, and you know, generally had a good time. And, and I know that, like, on the rare occasions that you guys, you know, someone has taken the piss, I know that you guys have stepped in and, and, and you know, got yourselves involved and sorted it out. And, you know, you guys do fantastic work over there. And, you know, what you've done with the site and now the Discord and everything, like, really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, mate. That, that that we really, really appreciate uh, those lovely words. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Any time. Yeah, it's uh, uh, really lovely to uh, get to know you and um, hopefully get to know loads more um, members. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be absolutely brilliant. But yeah, uh, for now, I'll say thank you very much, Mike and Justin. Yeah, thanks very uh, much, Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I know you're trying to close us off just now, and I'm ruining. I'm ruining your flow. Um, I'm not sure when this will air, but do you mind if I just pimp a charity stream that a, a good buddy of mine do is it. doing? Of course. Awesome. Of course. Yeah. So, so one of our, one of our longtime listeners of, of my podcast, uh, he goes by by the name Miles Brower. Um, he runs a fantastic like retro business uh, where he goes and does events and stuff like that, and, and brings retro consoles and stuff like he does weddings and events and things like that. So. Um, on August 28th, which is next weekend, if, if this airs before then, um, me and my wife are going down to join him um, for a 24-hour charity gaming stream for, for NHS charities. Um, it's going to kick off at 10 a.m. Um, it's going to be like over 20 consoles streamed onto Twitch with like crazy competitions, races, tournaments and stuff. We'll be playing stuff like Jackbox and Stick Death that people are watching, Mario Kart and stuff that people can get involved with if they're watching. So if you're interested in that, um, yeah, that's going to be on twitch.tv slash retro underscore gene, G-E-N-E. Uh, that's on August 28th, like I said. Um, and if anyone has a small business, uh, Miles is hoping to have a small video snippet of um, what you do, and he's going to play it throughout the stream. So if you want to get involved with that and everything, um, head on to bringbackretro.com slash contact. That's that's brilliant. Very right. good. Yeah, very good. And like, you can send me um, uh, send me those links, and um, I'll be able to put them hopefully in the description. So 
um, yeah. people if people um, um, are, are, are are interested in you know uh, the charity thing sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, complete respect to you. Twenty four hours straight straight gaming. I mean that's going to be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be pretty knackering, but yeah, uh, and hopefully people can head over there and uh, donate and everything. That, absolutely yeah, brilliant. Awesome. Uh, yeah, well, Mike, take care and have a lovely um, afternoon. Hopefully um, hopefully we haven't interrupted uh, a, a potential roast. It is Sunday after all. So, <laughs> that's true, that's know. true, yeah. No, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think roast is on the cards today, unfortunately. But... Okay, right, that's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> all right, Mike, okay, well, take care. I'll see you later. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. Bye. 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 Okay, well, brilliant. That was uh, Mike uh, Tyson, uh, absolutely brilliant guest. Uh, what did you think, Justin? Yeah, very good, very insightful, very controversial. Um, almost, uh, I mean, a bit of an Xbox scare, but I was, I was engaged throughout. Very good yeah. guest. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, managed to redeem himself with Breath of the Wild at the end. Very good save. Good. Yeah, yeah, good save. Uh, really, really nice guy, um, and. Um, as he was mentioning, um, he's um, doing some stuff for charity and we're going to put those links um, in the uh, description. And uh, his podcast, uh, Justin, uh, what was it called yeah, again? Fa Factory Sealed, if you'd like to Fact hear more of Mike Tyson. Yeah, Factory Sealed. Where, wherever you get your podcast, you'll find it. Yeah, uh, and uh, definitely head over there uh, and um, listen to him. Really, really lovely guy. Uh, and uh, yeah, really good uh, answers. Um, and uh, that game that he was talking about, uh, the one where it all gets the, into the, the Hellblade uh, yeah, yeah. sacrifice. Yeah, I think what it sounds really, really good and makes me want to. Um, yeah, it makes me want to play that because, especially with the headphones, and seems very, very uh, freaky. But um, I would definitely be up for that. Um, but yeah, as uh, Mike said, um, uh, uh, this is um, a Game Swap Shop UK podcast. So if you're not a member yet, uh, please join our Facebook group um, or the Discord or. Uh, uh, preferably the uh, web app which is gameswapshopuk.com uh, and uh, you can get saving lots of money by swapping with thousands of uh, uk-based uh, trusted gamers um but yeah but uh justin will say goodbye to everybody um it's been a really really lovely uh chat and um yeah all good yeah look forward to the next one look forward to the next one yeah okay well see you later everybody bye bye